ever believe that you can't do something. Because if you want to, you're the only thing stopping you. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sound Singer Sigma podcast. We have uh, yet another guest <laughs> with us today. Yep. So I want to introduce a new friend of mine. Um, his name's Randy. What's going on, Randy? Hello there. So let me just give you a let short... Let me dial you down a little bit. <laughs> let me just um, preface this. Randy and I met in February-ish, maybe? January, February. January, February. Um, Randy's one of the people that I met downtown. So we had Mike on the podcast and he talked a lot about the homeless people and the stigma behind homelessness. And Randy was one of those people that shared his story with me um, from the very beginning. And we see each other. We try to see each other every week. Um, I look for him every week, make sure he gets down for his peanut butter and jelly. But he's had quite the story in his life. Um, he shared bits and pieces of it with me, and he's going to share bits and pieces of it with the group, the listeners, because I think it's important, and we talked on the way here, that homelessness does not necessarily mean that you're a drug addict or an alcoholic. Homelessness can happen to anybody. So with that being said, let me introduce Randy, and Randy's going to take it from there. Good evening. This is my first experience like this. First podcast. First podcast. You know, Did you ever listen to a podcast? No. Okay, so he's brand new. <laughs> cool. Rookie. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You got any nicknames? I know you were kind of saying Sausage Man. <laughs> After 30 years plus of traveling uh, carnival concessions on an Italian sausage grill. Starting in 1981. 1981. Austin doesn't even know that. He didn't even <laughs> exist back then. <laughs> 1980s. Yeah. What else? You said Saucers Man, Candy Man, you said? Candy Man. Explain how you got um, that one. Candy Man, when I came off the road in 2006, I had a notebook thicker than some kids' school books. And every stop that I traveled up and down the East Coast from Nova Scotia to the very tip of Southern Florida, Miami Beach, um, I met, I probably have a bigger phone book of <laughs> carnival people <laughs> than most people have in their home. Oh, yeah. Um, Names, phone numbers, addresses, they're probably all outdated, but... <laughs> so you still have this book? Yes. Just in case. It's, just in case you yes. might need it. And uh, if there was a place that I enjoyed, which food is my second middle name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I came off the road in 2006, I left and I told them, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. But I will be doing my own thing. 
and I had ideas of a sausage trailer or a an erect-a-set stand, like the old type of uh, years gone by at the York Fair, which I got my start in as a ride operator oh, yeah? for okay. nine years, and I traded one grease for the other. <laughs> I went from a ride a ride jock in Kitty Land to Hamburg Hot Dog Man nine months a year for the next 30. So when you were yeah. the carnival in York, did you travel outside of York or did you, when you started here, was it just when the York Fair was here? No, I, I started, usually we left, I left town for my first setup, um, was in North, Northern New Jersey, uh, the week of St. Patrick's Day. And uh, Holy Week fundraiser for a Catholic church. And it's like, oh, I like this. <laughs> and I didn't want to come off the road in 2006, but I had dreams of Candyland Concessions. And that was going to be the name? It was the gingerbread house, and he was going to have my menu board oh, in okay. his hand. Okay. The menu board and um, I had everything lined up but the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to and, dream. And it's still it's still somewhere back there. That's awesome. Good for you. So before that you were a carny for many, many years in two thousand six. Where do we want to start? Like tell us about you. Well, I had my first job. I got hired the busiest holiday of the year, the 4th of July, at Kentucky Fried Chicken on Susquehanna <laughs> Trail. I walked in to get something to eat, and the manager was standing behind the, de or the aisle. And they messed up my order. <laughs> and I didn't say anything except, are you looking for people to work? <laughs> I wasn't even 16. <laughs> he hired me on the spot. Okay. That's why you like the chicken downtown. <laughs> when we serve the white chicken. <laughs> but. So you worked all I your worked, life. I worked from 72. I was still, I was a freshman in high school and uh, put two stepbrothers and a stepsister through three years of private school in York till I graduated, graduated pouring down rain. And a week later, my stepmom looked at me and she goes, well, you graduated. Now you can pay the rent, or you're welcome to leave. Hmm. Well, I didn't need a second invite. I thought the road had something for me, so I took a chance and started life. But uh, I've done 
newspaper delivery, pizza delivery, pizza and newspaper delivery. <laughs> then I jumped into a cab, and they couldn't have got me out of a car. <laughs> <laughs> I did my cab driving, York, Lancaster, Harrisburg, and then I mixed all three of them together. I was 24-7 Randy. And he knew the roads to get here tonight. <laughs> he was questioning when I said we're heading to Red Line. He didn't think I was heading in the right direction. And then he said, oh, yeah, Cape Horn Road. <laughs> Tell us a crazy story when you were doing the cab driving. I'm sure you got some. <laughs> oh, well, I also did pest control. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a funnier where my story. funny one. <laughs> I took the middle of the state from Maryland to New York's state border. That was my territory. And about 80 miles wide. Every two weeks, I'd be up and down 11, 15, 80 I'd throw one or two in, and I could freelance because I had all the goodies, and I was always stopping at a roadside restaurant, and people would, what do you do? And I told them, well, I got this problem, I got that problem. The next day, I was at their house, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was out in the middle of nowhere one. It was raining, and I dozed off for about two seconds. While you were driving? Yes. And right ahead of me was a stone bridge. And I scraped the side of the truck. It was like, okay. I'm awake now. <laughs> and I had paint marks on the bridge. <laughs> I come up with a fresh story <laughs> that this big, black, older car ran me off the road. <laughs> and I scraped the bridge. <laughs> They bought it. <laughs> Nobody saw it. And Randy is still running around <laughs> with his license. <laughs> so you told the police officer that. <laughs> no question. They'll asked. never know. Because Randy don't go in them parts no more. <laughs> well, what's the statute of limitation? <laughs> Because you're on here confessing now. <laughs> we won't I use your last name. <laughs> <laughs> we won't use your and last name. And it might be a tall fifth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's a pretty cool story. If you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you? You don't have to say if you don't In want to. In seven weeks, I will be 65. 65. 65. 65. I'll be an old head. That's not old. But that's one of my nicknames. 
course, that's street lingo. You old fart. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. That's okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. So 2006, you stopped working altogether? No, I freelanced doing odd carpentry jobs, mowing grass, painting. August 2013, I had my first bout with life. I was in my, I was in Carlisle, walking down the main drag, and historic Carlisle has the old window fronts, and one of those window fronts they turned into a senior living quarters. And I went lightheaded walking up the street. And I grabbed a hold of the plate glass window and I'm edging my way around. And I have a friend sitting in the square that's 400 plus pounds. And I yelled and he looked and he goes, don't move, I called the ambulance already. You fell through the window? No, I, I just lowered myself to the ground. The ambulance came up, and I had only lived there about three years. But I was very well acquainted from driving. I could tell when somebody was making a turn, if I was sitting in the back seat, whether I was awake or asleep. And they asked me where I wanted to go. I said, Holy Spirit Hospital. They got up to the square, made a right-hand turn. By the time I opened my mouth, I was already unbuckled out of the gurney. I said, you better change the direction you're going because you are not going to Holy Spirit Hospital any way that I know. And if you don't, I will be out that side door. And he goes, driver, I think we got a wild one. <laughs> he goes, he's already unbuckled. Where were they heading? They were taking me to Carlisle Hospital. Little history. Carlisle does not have a heart unit. So they don't know human hearts from farming. <laughs> that next day, I was told I have 20% chance if I get off the gurney after surgery. I had 14 blockages around my heart. A little history, 19, or yeah, 2009, I got introduced to the wonderful drugs, or the wonderful world of narcotics. I had been a smoker for 
seven years, an alcoholic, 15 to 20. But when I stepped into the drug market, I didn't know what hit me. So tell me, what drug specific? I was an avid crack cocaine party smoker. Only needed three days, and I was done for the month. I was on disability two weeks after I got out of the hospital. The first three months, I don't remember my check getting into my hand, but it sure went. And for 10 years, I battled. I thought I was having a fun time. Mm -hmm. But anybody in the sound of my voice that thinks that drugs and alcohol will make you happy, wake up. That's a powerful statement, Randy. Thank you. That's one that's true. I'm a walking, talking miracle because they gave me 20% chance if and when I got off the gurney. And I told the doctor, I says, your if just walked out the door and you're next because there is no if. I'm out of here in three days. You make me well enough that I can walk from here to the front door, I'm gone. He goes, okay, if you make it. I says, remember, the if just walked out the door. Two and a half days later, I was dressed when the surgeon walked in past the door. He says, what are you doing dressed? I says, oh, newsflash, goodbye. (laughs) And you walked out. I walked to the nurse's station, signed out, and he watched me walk down the longest hallway in the hospital. And he says, you're not walking down the steps. I says, sorry, doc, watch. I opened the door, and he came right behind me and looked down three flights of steps. I got to the bottom and waved at him. He went to the the window next to the elevator and the stairwell, and I looked up at him, and I waved at him as I left the hospital. No looking back. Nine weeks. I'm an eight year survivor. Amen. Thank gosh. That's crazy. That's cool. So, no heart issues, even though you abused your body with other drugs. I haven't haven't touched marijuana since the 70s. I was an avid alcoholic. My real mother was a working, functioning, lifelong alcoholic. 
Gotta work to drink and drink to work. My sister cleaned her apartment and her refrigerator out and then put her in a home. Six weeks later, we laid her to rest. She said she was finished. How old was she when she passed? She remember? was in her 70s. Okay. But she worked three part-time jobs, day, night, weekends, whatever, just to have her alcohol. That's not a life. That's how powerful addiction is. So. So you went from alcohol to drugs. Alcohol to tobacco. And my second ex-wife burnt two cartons of, of cigarettes while I was at work. She says, they sell them across the street if you still want to smoke. And I was so upset because she had spent $70 in the fire. Mm -hmm. They were only two thirty-seven a pack back then, 1983. Now they're what? For a carton? 10 or $12 a pack. A pack. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just traded my goodies, <laughs> and I thought I had better. So you never touched anything else other than crack? Nope. Not after 1970, as a junior high school kid. But. Okay, so, so that's a little bit of history with Randy. So when I met Randy, he was just coming out of a rehab. For the second time. So you were in rehab twice for our drugs? Or for you, crack you, cocaine. Okay, for crack cocaine. So you were not drinking anymore at this point. You gave nope. that up. I, I was in there, but out of there. Okay. <laughs> so two times for crack cocaine. And I think when I met you, you were um, just out. I had just come home from Carlisle, which was a life experience, but nothing is ever a waste in your life. There's a reason why you do it. There's a reason why it happens again and again. Some people just don't learn. I'm one of them. <laughs> but. So we met after rehab. So literally at that point, I just was barely talking to you i didn't know uh -huh. i was new down there myself trying to feel my way um didn't, and everybody said quit asking so many questions so i tried not to ask so many questions but let me ask you at that point you were just out of rehab were you homeless at that time i had been homeless on and off for nine years in york or just different places central pennsylvania okay all over five counties. So for, for the listeners who don't understand what that means, tell them what a day in the life of a homeless person is. Well, let me tell you, the hardest part of a homeless day 
staying clothed, fed, and cared for. Um, I was I was on disability, but uh, I was getting eight hundred a month. And by the fifth or sixth of the month, I was looking for where my next meal was coming from. Because crack cocaine was one hell of a banker. So before we go any further, and, and I was always curious of this myself, how, so you got disability and you were homeless, so where did the money go? Did you have a bank that you went to, or how did you get that money? I got it from disability. They trusted me with the ATM card. Okay, an ATM card. And I learned real quick how to do it. So is that fair to say people on disability or even Social Security, because there's older folks down yes. there that are, so they just get an ATM card, it goes into a bank account, understood. And I often wondered yep. because they yep. didn't have an address how that well, worked. So it's ATM machines. Yep. Okay. And, uh, well, the government has ways of finding everybody. Okay. Um, you may, I've been presumed dead six times. Because they couldn't find you? They didn't know where to look. Randy wouldn't change an address. Okay. I might be gone two years. I still had an address in the last town that I was in, where I was sleeping in somebody's garage. I haven't gotten to the creative side. I have friends living in a single room gazebo fully sheltered with heat air condition and cable so it's not all roses but it's not all ice cream either is it fair it's, it's I'm sorry, a go ahead. very hard life and not every person has the stability to be a homeless person without resourcing to illegal. Whether it's just plain lying, drug dealing, runners, whatever. Uh, gamblers, beware. People are your friends while you got the money. When the money's gone, you're not my friend. I'm just done using you for now. But uh, the misconception that homeless people are not to be trusted well, I definitely don't fit that because I've been told that I am one of the most polite, caring, giving, 
and resourceful homeless person that they have ever met. Whether I'm homeless or not, if you have something that you need, mouths that don't open up don't get fed. If you need something, it's because you don't ask for help. That's the biggest pride issue in this country, being too proud to ask for help. Because there's somebody or something that anybody can do if they want the change. So when you're homeless and, and um, you're spending that day worrying about where your next meal is, how do you, like, do you look at the next, do you look at your future or is it just day by day? I just it's, need to get by today. It's a day to day. You may have dreams. I've had dreams since way back before high school. Some of those are coming to fruit now. Um, accomplishment one, the tag homeless is retired. Homeless is secure, is happy, content. I have a significant other that's been in my life for 42 years. She's been Creekside, Bayside, right by my side, through thick and thin. Everybody has someone that loves or cares for them. Sometimes we just don't see it, and they're right there. Very true. But. Very, very true. So when I met Randy, he was just out of rehab. He was homeless. Um, he doesn't come every weekend, but I have to share the time that Randy came after he met a friend of his that he hadn't seen in how long was it with your girlfriend that you didn't see her? Like six years. It was like six years. Randy Randy was dedicated every weekend. He came down and I would always say, how many days? How many days clean? And he would tell me. And then I wouldn't see him. And like some of the others that I get attached to, I would worry. Where's Randy? I was asking Lindsay all the time, have you talked to Randy? Nobody saw Randy. Then one day he comes skipping down. I mean skipping with the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> and it was the happiest Randy I ever saw. And he was just ecstatic that he met up with a friend of his from a long time ago. And it was a totally changed Randy. I mean, at that point, I believe you even had a room, so you weren't even homeless anymore, right? Did the room come it before was, her? The room was the week of. Okay, I knew it was close. No, it was actually the weekend before I had my <coughs> confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> Your confrontation with 
the lady of my life. Oh, okay. Like I said, she'd been there. I babysat her kids while her, quote, husband was truck driving on the road. And when he found out about me, he went crazy. He says, you just leave my woman alone. Okay. I don't know nothing. <laughs> and then that gentleman is now happily somewhere else. And what he lost, I gained. Awesome. But there was a total change in you. Like you were, um, yes, I mean, I you were skipping <laughs> that day. You were, you were just so Nobody happy. Nobody could rain in my parade that no. day, that week. No, you were and just, it's, I can't it's remember. It's been three months. Okay. Was that the same day we get, you got the haircut? Or was that a no, different that day? No, that was about a, <laughs> a month later. But yeah. So Randy and I have been through um, a little <laughs> bit together. He shared bits and pieces of his story. Um, but he has quite the story. I mean, he's happy now. He has his girlfriend he goes to see. Um, she might not be happy because he didn't tell her he's coming here. <laughs> so we won't tell her that. <laughs> That's all right. She's going to hear it. <laughs> but he's clean right now. He has a room. And he's right. Like, homeless people are get the bad rap. They're good people. Um, you have to say some are not. Some? Some you have to be careful of. You have to be very careful. There is always the opportunity for Mr. Nice Guy to go too far. I've considered myself Mr. Nice Guy. And the last year has been a wake up and smell your own coffee. And it's like, I had to realize not everybody wants the help that you want to give. So when I feel that way, okay, remove yourself a little bit and just let them wonder. And that happens because um, one of the girls in another organization comes down there on the weekends, I don't want to say her name, but comes down there and tries to help. And some people just don't want the help. They don't want, I, I spoke to one of the older um, gentlemen who pushes a bike and comes down there every Saturday, every Sunday, nicest person that you can talk to. I mean, we were laughing about music the other week and he has bad feet. He can barely walk. He needs to soak his feet. And we're like, you should probably get help. And he told me the other week, I don't want help. I know that there's help there for me, but I don't want to follow the rules. I want to be me. And so when you have that to your point, Randy, then you just step back. So then you enjoy the company while you're there, knowing that and, he's aware of it yep. and he chooses not to do so. Yep. And so... To your so point, then you have to help. let them. Yep. They have to learn. There is help for way. everybody. That's right. And the stigma of homelessness, and one of the things we discussed on the way here is, and you said it, 
you don't have to be a drug addict or an alcoholic to be homeless. No. All, all homeless are not addicts or, or drug addicts. Uh, alcohol. Some homeless are just homeless for other reasons. But one thing I've learned through this whole adventure, and I'm still pretty new to it, um, is their community. And they support each they other. Stick they stick together. Thicker than mud. Yep. And that, that makes me happy that you said that everybody has somebody to love them. And I believe that in some of those cases and relationships down there, I truly see it. There's, there's some that I wouldn't trade my life for theirs in a heartbeat. But there's some people down there that if you can go home and think about what you see every day, maybe you might see something that you'd like to try and it's worth the try. Yep. I mean, I've met Randy down there. We haven't known each other very long, but he's a good friend. Your true friend, when you're down there and you're talking, they're, they're appreciative of, and, and they know. They know when you're there because you have to do community service. They know when you're there because you're genuine. Mm -hmm. and, and they welcome you. And I truly believe, like tonight, before I picked you up, we had a miscommunication and I missed you. <laughs> and so I went to the bridge. I went to the bench that they all sit in. And I didn't think for a second, am I going to be safe? Because I, I looked first. Like, I'm always going to be careful. And I saw people that I recognized that I talked to all the time. And I got out and I'm like, oh, guys, like, I'm looking for Randy. And they're like, oh, yeah. You know, and they know Randy. <laughs> You know, they're like, well, he lives up that way. And I'm like, I know where he lives. So I just thought maybe he walked here to get me. Like, we had miscommunication. But they're genuinely family. And, and, yep. and they make me feel happy because they're real people. They're not fake. Mm -hmm. and, and the listeners that want to know what homelessness is about can come down there any Saturday or Sunday. And you hear God's name. How many people say, God bless you. Thank you appreciative you have some there, of those people. there that's where you have to be careful because that lingo gets around quick it's an operative and it's a way to get things oh. and so we're learning there, too. sometimes they just have, say that yes they just say it it's there's 18 inches from your brain to your heart. And there's a mile or two of difference. That's interesting. Some is a coy. Some is a deceiver. It's just like what you see every day. It's just a different tone. Okay, that's interesting. So now, like, I'm learning. Like, I'm still learning. And like we talked about on the way here, I'm very nice. And I do need to be careful because I trust everybody until they give me a reason not to trust them. And so I do need you to be careful. you got to put a reserve on that. Yep. Absolutely. 
but you meet good people. I mean, we all you, we always say we meet people for a reason. There so. is always a reason somebody gets put in your life path. And some, like my stepmother, God rest her, she taught me the word discipline and manners. Two words that don't exist in this day to day. I thank God every day that my dad married her when I was seven. And by the time I left home, I respected her. I didn't love her. I respected who she was. But then she got a lesson from me. Don't push the wrong button because Randy will tell you about it. <laughs> I didn't get to thank her from my heart. I did lip service like so many people do. I'm getting my reminders now. I've lived a full life, way more than I've deserved. And it's not over yet. That's right. It's just beginning. All those things in the back of your head can still happen. Mm-hmm. And they're slowly making their way to the front. And you're just going to be patient. Yep. It's a small world. Like we always say people like this podcast happened for a reason. We always say stuff like that. And we meet so many different people in this podcast, but it's such a small world. And I'll just share with the listener. So anybody that knows Kyle knows that he worked at Wisehaven. They also know that they put those bubbles up every year in the wintertime and they take them down. So Randy and I are coming here and we're passing we're passing Wisehaven, and he says, oh, I used to take those bubbles down. And I said, oh, my son Kyle used to do that too. So there's a chance that sometime in the past eight years before Kyle passed that they were in the same bubble, taking the bubble down <laughs> together. <laughs> and it just makes me happy. Like on the way here, I was just so happy because I feel like people meet for a reason. And Randy and I have a lot in common uh, when we talk about people and our hearts and how we care for people. And Randy's definitely one of those people when he comes downtown and he's waving as he's walking across the bridge, everybody's waving. And it's funny because we see him. They coming. don't even know who I am. I I'm coming across. <laughs> he's walking it's across like, the bridge. It's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> he's walking across the bridge and I'm waving. Oh, here comes Randy. And we always cheer for for different people when they come. And everybody on the bench starts waving. They think we're waving to them. <laughs> We're like, oh no, we're waving at Randy. You don't, but you don't some... have to know people to be friendly. Nope. But you have to be friendly to get to know real people. Yep, absolutely. It's been a blessing for me down there. I've met some really cool people. And Rand Randy's one of them. And so I didn't hesitate for a minute to pick him up in my car today, even though... <laughs> I, I don't know this man. 
everybody was looking at us when he got in my car. And then I had my hazards on and I couldn't remember. Where they're at. Where they were. I said, Randy, I got my hazards on. I don't know where I turned out one. <laughs> he stayed in the car. He did not jump out. So he's trusting me. But Randy is one of my good friends. Um, but really, <laughs> she abducted me. <laughs> <laughs> I did abduct him. Um, I, I, I gave him the option a couple yeah. of weeks ago. We talked about it. He didn't know what a podcast was. And I said, I will never force you to do this. But he was down there when we were talking about it. And Mike was talking about what a great thing it is and how people can learn. And this is a small way for people to now understand and learn. They're hearing Randy's story. You're a real person. And everybody down there is a real person. And they make bad choices and they struggle. But in the end... We're they pay for people. it. Yep. They pay for it one way or the other. Yep. You either get blessed or you tear it up. Yep. You make your own. Yep. But there's hope for everybody. To your point, right. there's a lot of help out there. Randy had to reach his hand out, I'm sure, many times for that help to get where he is. And proud people don't get help unless they open their mouth. Like there. I said. Closed mouth doesn't get fed. So, Austin, Randy and I did a lot of talking because we both like to talk. What questions do you have? Um, by the sounds of you've been through a lot and you have a lot of stories, what, uh, what, like, what is the biggest life lesson that you learned throughout your life? You're never done learning. Never done learning. No. I mean, I was a, um, I have an associate's degree in accounting, never used it. Should have tried bookkeeping and keeping a budget. <laughs> that might have helped. Yeah. But um, I'm a loner. But in my loneliness, I have safety, security, and freedom of mind. In the last six months since I got, well, since I got away from homelessness and the crowd that I drove myself into, it's a freedom that can't be beat. unless you want to beat yourself. And there's enough people to help you with that. You did get attacked that one time by I've, a woman. I've been. <laughs> <laughs> He's making a face at me now. <laughs> I remember that day you came down with the scratches. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. You just mentioned how there's a lot of people doing it for you, beating yourself down. I read something about that as far as don't don't beat yourself up or don't be so hard on yourself because other people are doing that for you. That's right. So that's you don't have to help yourself with that. Yeah. There's people in, waiting in line. Yeah. When you're when you get tired of it, someone will take over your spot, mm -hmm. tormenting you, putting you down. Yep. But as long as you can fall asleep at night. And wake up the next morning, you beat that day. I like it. 
another question I had is throughout your life, do you have any regrets as of right now on things that you've done or didn't do? I could probably say yes, but I'm a hardhead. Yeah. I don't learn lessons easily. I usually have to learn them five, six, seven times and come out of the mud hole that I put myself in. Um, <laughs> example, a relationship that I just rekindled. A lady has been in my life for 42 years or more. I just went to see her. She's in a convalescent care home. She was struck by another stroke, by COVID, the Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> well, used to be Almighty. And then Randy showed up. <laughs> <laughs> if the bypass didn't get me in eight years, the little flu bug wasn't taking me either. <laughs> but I just went to see her yesterday. And she popped the famous one-liner. If you had to do over again, could I ask you if you would marry me? You do things either out of your head or from your heart. The things in your heart will last. When I saw her in the wheelchair for the first time three and a half months ago, I sold myself. I'm all in. Don't even have to ask. Don't have to pay me. I'm here. And I said it loud enough for her son, who had a distaste for me. A couple weeks ago, he came in to see his mother and said, Do you rem is Randy really good for you? She goes, don't touch the merchandise. That's my man. Don't ever put him down. Thank you for being my best friend and listening to your mother. You'll always be respected. Yes, I do my whole life over again if the opportunity came. Because you're never too old to learn. Yep. So we, we talk about stigma a lot. When you were younger, did you feel like you were phased by the stigma of other people or the judgment from other people? Did that bother you at all? 
versus where judgment. I'm going. When I was growing up, judgment has been there in everybody's life, whether they want to admit it or not. It's what you do with it or how you work out of it. If you live it and you put up with it, good luck. Sometimes it's the company you keep that tells you who you really are. Mr. Hardhead, do it myself. I can do this whether I know I can or cannot. I'm here and can't is not in my vocabulary. I wish won't wouldn't have been in my vocabulary because life would have been so much nicer. <laughs> but I'm a hard learner. I can't say that I have been spoofed too often. I just got a little lazy on the side. Would I do this life again? About 80%. Awesome. Yes, I'd do it again. Because I have lived way more than I've deserved. But I ain't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> so That's <well>. her nickname. <laughs> So, so I, was, I can do that. <laughs> so where I was going with that was like back then, a lot of even me right now, I, I care too much about other people's opinions and I think about it too much. So what's what was the difference between back then and now for, for you? You don't care anymore? Like you just let those opinions drop and you don't care about judgment? Um, I do me. Yeah. Um, they didn't put me here, and if they think they're bad enough, enjoy your party, because I'm still here. So you would agree with age, you just let that all that stuff go, doesn't matter anymore. Hey, if it is behind my shoulder blade, it's history. I don't worry if I've done somebody wrong. I'll get my day, yep. or they'll get theirs. I don't press the issue. I don't try retribution. But if you push the wrong button too often, you're going to hear the loudspeaker. And I can get ugly. About. But I'll be quiet on the way home. <laughs> That'll be the day. <laughs> I don't want to oh, push the you're button. You're welcome. <laughs> now, the reasons why I like these conversations, and it's nothing, I'm not trying to say you're old or anything, but we, we had grandparents, but we never got the chance to, to, to have them in our life long enough to ask them these kind of questions. And this is what I really enjoy, because I can ask you these questions that I well, wasn't able to ask. My grandparents. Um, actually, I got one real fresh 
I'm, I had a brother who I lost November two years ago that was two and a half years older than me. And I had my real first father-son in-depth conversation less than a year and a half ago. And he goes, Randy, I just want to know, do you have any questions about your past? Do you have any questions about our past, the way we raised you and this and that? I says, no, I don't have any questions. I don't hold no grudges because what I put me through and I put my family through and I have three, I don't even call them step brothers and sisters because mm -hmm. since my stepmother has passed, they've stepped to the plate in my behalf. And they remember how Randy grew up and how he reacted or didn't react when he should have. And he goes, how far back can you take me? I says, well, for those that are Yorkers or have been around, what used to be the bus transfer center and the Cadoras Creek, there was a two and a half story red brick house that if you didn't have the bike path, you could run right through my bedroom and living room to my homestead. Hmm. They tore it down. I got a picture about three months before they tore it down. He says, you remember that? I says, yeah. I says, and then we'll go to West, Mark, or West King Street across from the famous Overbrook Diner, tavern, bar, and West pool. York, right? About the fourth house on the left before you get to Mosery, the block before Mosery's restaurant. He goes, okay. I says, and then we go to Monroe Street by the famous Brickyard, uh, Bricker's French Fry Enterprises. He goes, what do you remember best? I says, going to Gem Variety Store on the way to school, <laughs> elementary school, or the donut shop on the way. <laughs> Historians, we have Dunkin' Donut is the locally famous Astoria restaurant. And then we went to York, New Salem, 
Then we went to Filbert Street for the first four weeks of high school. Then I went to living. 75-acre fruit farm to play my heyday. Wherever I wanted, whatever I wanted to do on that farm, I could get away with it. I could get lost. I, I could hide. Run away from home one time and get caught by my dad's closest neighborhood buddy. Used to be chief of police for West York. He goes, how do you remember all that? He goes, I was just going to take you down that same road. I says, I may be old, but I ain't done yet. <laughs> That's your famous line. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. That's one of the questions I really have. Randy, do you have anything you want to share or get across to the listeners? Never believe that you can't do something. Because if you want to, you're the only thing stopping you. And you might even enjoy it. <laughs> you, your philosophies or whatever you want to call them it all comes from I would say a your, life, your a experience life yes so this is all based off your life and you, yep. your experiences that's cool it's not I, easy street yeah it wasn't easy street 60s 70s 80s these people the, the teenagers of the new millennium out in a hurry to get pregnant. I wouldn't bring a kid into this world if I was paid to do it. Really? There ain't nothing for them because beg, borrow, and steal, the past has eroded everything that the young people could have had. Huh. So I personally want to thank you, Randy. I know I said it enough to you, but I, honest to God, um, cross my heart, love our friendship. Um, I respect you. And it is, it's been a ride. I think that's, yep. it's been a ride. It's been a ride, but, but we've always been honest with each other. I mean, you didn't come down. You didn't act fake. Those times that you had those mishaps, you openly admitted like, them. You know what? I did it. <laughs> he would come down. You never tried to be anybody. Everything that you just said tonight is genuine, and that's everything that I've ever seen and experienced mm -hmm. with you. You never acted better than anybody. You never hid anything. Like I would ask you, and you would look and, and just Ooh. and just yeah. say just say what it was. Like you never lied. You're the real deal. And we had some happy times down there, and I it just makes me happy. Yeah, that, I appreciate you coming on. I really enjoyed this a lot. Awesome. I know I was quiet because I'm, I'm quiet in the beginning because I like to listen a lot. So I was picking up on all the stuff you were saying. 
But is it true, Austin? Everything he was saying is the yeah, things it, that yeah. we're hearing on podcasts now, the motivational speakers. That's and, why I was asking further people, in the questions because yep. everything you you're saying it. is yep. everything I see online as far as motivation and these other people that lived it parts and pieces. But it sounds like you've had the overall experience. You've learned a lot of different life lessons, which is cool. <laughs> and like you said, it, it might not have been easy, but... But you appreciate, you appreciate life. So there's Debbie Downers out there that are negative day after day that have everything in the world. And, and it just goes to show they you. Got, could, yep. And there's, there's one thing. The young people today, the old people, there's a big difference. I learned discipline, respect, and when to keep your mouth shut. You learn those three, and you have a positive attitude. The word can't and won't will disappear in your vocabulary. There is a major difference. The 60s and 70s and 80s There were organizations to hand out. And now all you see is a hand straight out. I learned I need a hand up. I screwed up. I need a hand out of this garbage. The people today don't appreciate what they have. And the free ride is exactly what they're looking for. Easy Street. If you had to live in your parents' and grandparents' day, you would have never made it past 15. So, people, wake up. If you need help, ask for a hand up not a hand out. That's what's going to kill this country. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, you guys, for listening to uh, the Science Thing of Stigma podcast. We will catch you on the next one. See ya. Bye.